Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Escapist Comics Podcast. I'm Jessica Valvoni. And I'm Jesse Hitt. And today we have a special guest all the way from New York. Brooklyn, New York? Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we have Michelle Fife. Hi, Michelle. Hey. How are you today? What's going on? I'm doing great. Awesome. Listeners We've... may know. Thanks for uh... calling me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the writer, uh, artist, colorist, letterer. Yeah, uh, publisher, the- editor. Yeah, uh, he actually makes the staples that hold the spine together. He's got a small forge in his backyard uh, in Brooklyn. There, but, but, uh, the- for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of copra or is it copra? How do you pronounce it? Is it copra, copra. or copra? Copra. copra. Okay. Okay. We got, we got it. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's like the meat. Is our meat called co- yeah. copa? Copa. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm adding <laughs> letters. <laughs> oh, I should have called it that. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of a meaty comic after all. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> that was a compliment. It was. <laughs> I, I took it. What's going on? Thank you for being on the show today. We super appreciate yeah. it. And congratulations on the recent publishing of the new number one yeah. of, of Copra. Of uh, course. This, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're super excited to have it in the store. Of course, we already had the all five volumes that mm-hmm. image just, I guess, repressed. I like saying it that way. It's like vinyl. It sounds cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> limited edition. Limited yeah, edition super, vinyl. Super, um, <laughs> they're limiting it to however many they can sell. Yeah. And then they're going to stop producing them once people <laughs> stop buying. Jesus, <laughs> well, Jesse. God. <laughs> I think that's how it works. I'm not sure. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, so, like, how is it like going from like literally? I mean, you were self-publishing Copra um, and your other comics too for such a long time. Like, how is it like going from like yep. doing all that hard work just from all, and then like diving in to going for an image number one? Oh, it's it's awesome because I mean now I could just concentrate on making the actual comic, you know. Because yeah, like self publishing, yeah. it's 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 dealing with so much more than just creating the thing, right? It's like, you know, dealing with invoices and printers and paper stock and shipping, and mm-hmm. uh, that was cool at for you know at first, but then it just got to be too much, and now luckily Image 
handles that pretty well, I think, yeah. uh, you know, historically. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, but, but that's the way I built up my audience and, and my relationship with stores across yeah. the, the world, pretty much, um, yeah. you know, within my limited resources. But now with Image, that's just going to expand. So we'll see where it goes, man. Now, but again, uh, now I could just finally concentrate on making more comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to deal with deadlines too, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, my deadline was always as soon as possible, you know, yeah. like I just... Uh, <laughs> Made, made a comic as quickly as I could humanly make it, right? So the first yeah. year I was on a monthly schedule, so I know I could kind of hit that clip and hopefully I'm going to be getting back to that, especially now that I'm more focused. So we'll see. Yeah, Awesome. Cool. Do you have any advice for other people who are like trying to like self-publish and like, I mean, what were your goals when, I mean, you said this is as quick as possible, but like when people are just like starting out, cause we have a lot, we have a huge, um, small press section here at the store. Um, so that's a lot of our clientele. So what kind of advice do you have? Well, the thing, well, it depends on what you want to put out, right? Like when I first yeah. started self-publishing, I was doing kind of like one shot uh, stories with a, a previous title called Zegas. And that I maybe published one every six months or one of them took me up to a year because it was a side thing. It was a hobby. But once I wanted to take the next step and to possibly make it into a career, I had to make a monthly thing, you know, so a serialized comic is what made the most sense. And so, yeah, it really depends on whether you want to make like a cool, intricate collectible or something that's going to hit the stands uh, with some sort of regularity. And yeah. if that's what you want, then you have to sort of really take the schedule seriously and not meander, you know, the way I did. Yeah, I would take right. forever on making comics, but <laughs> with a monthly schedule and with subscribers that depend on you delivering a thing every month or every six weeks, uh, I really had to like, you know, get my shit together and, and make yeah. it happen and make pages. Or just yeah. put pages, pages out the door. And without an editor, you really have to just discipline yourself into doing it and it's not impossible you just can't um you just can't mess around you know you just can't uh get sidetracked which is so easy to do as a freelancer or just as a creative just as a person in general especially these days you know so really just focus that's the main thing just know or try to figure out what it is you want and just focus to try to get it out there yeah and you're pretty heavy on like the social media aspect too i know a lot of people try to stay away from that but would that be like something you'd tell them as well yeah, it's or... like a promotional tool yeah. as a way to connect with potential uh, readers well well these days it's a balance you got you got to do it. i mean you don't have to do anything uh but it helps it certainly helps yeah it could distract you you know i mean you could lose like you know sometimes i just want to take a 10 minute break and check up on my friends or whatever and then i lose an hour so you really have to be <laughs> mindful of that right and yeah, totally. That's not something I really had to deal with in the I didn't have to deal with that like even uh, 5 years ago, you know. Yeah. Um so it's necessary I think. I mean, I certainly use it, you know, to mm-hmm. update people and just to show things that I like, really. Yeah. Um but you got to be you got to you got to respect your own time too. You got to be wary of that for sure. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that I like cuz I was definitely aware of your work like before. But that's how I, well, that's how we got you on the show is I found you on Instagram posting about the Suicide Squad. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, 
I remember he does really love the suicides, but oh yeah, that's kind of like what Cobra's kind yeah, of like, like sort of a loving like, tribute. Yeah, and then I found like your old comic that was a tribute, literally a, a tribute of mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, and I saw like your mm-hmm. list of like all of the members, and I was like, those are the weirdest members <laughs> of Suicide Squad. <laughs> And I saw like all of those comments about it and people like didn't even believe you that those were members of the Suicide Squad. Um, so yeah, well, how did you get into the Suicide I had I had to ask you, I have to ask you these questions. Like, how did you first get into that comic? And you were a kid, right? When it first came out. I was like a baby child. I was like nothing. <laughs> I was like, it was one of my, it was one of my first comics. It's actually the first comic that made me fall in love with comic books as a, not yeah. only a medium, but just to like go back and I had to read the next one. It's the first one that hooked me. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, it really goes way back. Uh, I mean, I was a little ass kid. I was like nine, I think when I first read it and it was a mm-hmm. random issue, you know, that my yeah. mom picked up at a seven 11 and ever since I just made my own <laughs> little fan comics on the side, learning how to draw, learning how to make panel borders with balloons and words. And I'm, you know, the, the most basic thing, right. Uh, yeah. that's, 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 it, it taught me the fundamentals of comics essentially. Uh, and it made me a collector of the form. I, and I never looked back seriously. So yeah. I don't know, as an adult, I would revisit some comics and sometimes those comics, uh, aren't as great as you remember them being, but suicide mm-hmm. squad was an exception. I mean, it's still great. It's still, even last week, I kind of revisited a couple issues, uh, just cause I wanted something, uh, that, just, just because I, I just felt like reading a random issue out of order and it still held up so remarkably well that, and I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was, um, but it's still so good. It's sharply written. It looks beautiful. Uh, I think it's timeless, even though it talked about current events when it was coming out. Um, yeah. There's something great about it. And uh, like you said, like that little tribute that I made was just me sort of making a tribute just out of love. Just, you know, I had the options of, either making fan art or making, you know, writing huge blog posts, you know, sharing, sharing images and why, you know, essays about why I love them. And I figured, well, I'd rather make a comic book. That's what I do best. That's what I really want to do. And that's the thing that led me to Copra. I figured, well, I'd, I, you know, I can't do my thing within the DC comics uh, platform, but I could certainly do something similar and I could certainly self-publish it. I had already been self-publishing. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to put it out in the world. No one asked for it, but here it is anyway. And so <laughs> here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What I love when you do like those character sheets too um, is something they like did in like the eighties and nineties. Yeah. The bio and the, the stats. Bios and that shit. And I the love stats. that. Yeah. It's like such a type A personality trait it's definitely what i would do as well (laughs) (laughs) you literally describe everything about them and you even do it like in the back of cobra about yourself too is that like a normal thing for you (laughs) is that is that a type a personality i would do it so (laughs) i i guess so i don't know maybe it's like a cheap version of a tinder profile i don't know i don't know i just <laughs> wanted to put information about myself i figured it for the first issue it was the first time people are going to be aware of me so i wanted to put mm-hmm. everything in there like character profiles my own profile like this is who i am this is what i like this is what you're going to expect from this comic book uh sort of as a mission statement in 40 pages um, especially the the story itself even though it continues from the previous arc it, it's kind of like the uh the 
the the ideal Copra story. You know, it has action, has mm-hmm. personal intimate moments um, with fleshed out characters, and and that was part of the package. You know, me delivering it. You know, like I'm a fan too. I'm a human being. Like this is what I like to do, and, and this is what I'm going to deliver every month. And uh, I I don't know. I've just always specifically with the Suicide Squad. That's something that that just got me so into it it's so into comics right but also like the 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 universe of dc comics you know so it was like my gateway book for not only dc but comics in general right and so i try to sort of like channel that in my own comic so that's why i was kind of comfortable making this a number one so even though it's not like a neat um starting point it's a good starting point and it sort of harkens back to like when I discovered the book out of order and it didn't matter. It still compelled me to go back and like to move forward with it, but also go back and discover what I had missed. And, uh, I don't know, man, I hope I succeeded. I hope it works. Oh, you did a really good job. I hadn't read all of the other books either. And yeah, like in the beginning, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm introduced to these characters. You put a little bios in the beginning so I know who they all are. Mm-hmm. And then in the back of the book, you have everything that has happened, like, up until that point. <laughs> and it's very well organized. And I was like, oh, well, now I, I know everything that has happened. So I am all caught up. But I still want to go back and read. It still made me, like, you left, like, cliffhangers at each one pretty much. Yeah. So I still want to go back and read everything else that happened. So congratulations. Well, that was the very good. Part. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm glad, sure. it, I'm glad it worked. Yeah, definitely. No, it's it's tricky just because uh, you know, you don't want to spoil too much. You don't want to like lay every detail out. You want to give just enough to be clear, but also hope that people are like, all right, I'll, let me check that out. That sounds really cool. Let me just go see how it's how he laid it out. You know, uh, ideally with the very first issue. Um, but thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad that worked. Especially the those flashbacks. That that definitely is a type A personality behavior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> and that was yeah, really, like- to be honest, that was that was really to uh, remind myself of all the stuff uh, because I had taken about a two year break to work on other projects, and so when I was getting back into revisiting this world and and these characters, I had to make sure that I knew where everyone was. You know, I have so many plot lines and layers to these mm-hmm. dynamics and personality traits and stuff. Uh, that I wanted to make sure I got it right. So it was a good yeah. exercise for me to summarize it, you know, to boil it yeah, down. You have like a, right. Like a good timeline too to like get it all straight. Yeah. Like a good jumping on point too for new readers who maybe yeah. just were caught by the cover and picked it up and were like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah it's a good place to jump on. Totally. Perfect. Um, awesome. Yeah. I hope, I hope that happened too. Like I, you know, I've, that's, I've been told that's happened a couple of times. I really hope that does happen because I did cater it. Mm-hmm. to that hypothetical reader but also you know uh being loyal to the audience that that has stuck with me since the beginning too i didn't want to give them like a recap issue so it's like you know i left them on a pretty severe cliffhanger so i had to honor that as well so i don't know i'm glad it worked yeah. sounds like it yeah, like it did for, for you too so that's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> we are a start starting point to yeah. recommending the comic to the comics world so <laughs> yes yeah um also like you use a lot of mixed media as well in the comic um like what what kind of tools are you using and like yeah how's your process work yeah 
it's mostly hands-on like mm-hmm. ha- like i use color pencils and watercolors and sometimes paint you know acrylic um and then just inking on the boards and lettering on the boards uh so the, the when you see the original art it's basically complete um yeah. and that's that's something that you know it's tricky it, you know uh the way it prints i've always shifted paper stock here and there so it's always different <laughs> You know, so yeah. it's 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 an evolving thing, but that's usually how I work. Only because it's fast, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm drawing, it's just that I, I don't want to say super speed, but I just need things to be made as available as possible. And mm-hmm. so I just pick up pretty much what I have next to me, which is like all these tools, right? Like all these old brushes and sometimes crayons if I have to color something and want it to have that certain feel. So it all has this very organic quality to it. And, yeah, um, can- and that's, I, I just like that look. I, I rarely ever see it. And I really like the comics that have that and applied to a superhero narrative. I think that's what makes it look maybe a little different. It does. Yeah. You can really see that too. And you don't see that like at all anymore because everything is so digital and like, yeah. call me old fashioned, but like, I really love that look still, especially in like the older comics and like from the sixties and whatever there was watercolors or whatever they were still using back then like the paints, the old colored yeah, yeah. paints. Um, and so seeing this, it's so refreshing to have that like older color palette, like feel to it as yeah. well. It's like watching a movie in 70 right. millimeter versus yeah, digital. Exactly. Um, and then have all like the like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Copra, 70, <laughs> yeah. 70 millimeter comic. That's- <laughs> well, you, should, you should do that. <laughs> Copra now in 70 millimeter. <laughs> you can totally use that. I'll take color. it. That'd be, that'd be a pretty small comic yeah. book though, right? The pages were. 70 millimeters wide would be Have tough to, to read. Actually yeah, yeah. Be 70 millimeters. <laughs> it's a joke, Jesse. Well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, it's just really it's really refreshing to see that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. You know, all those older comics like uh, you know, from the 50s to about the 80s or so, they had like this kind of flat, like, you know, the flat coloring really worked, yeah. I think, especially yeah. on like mm-hmm. newsprint paper, but there was also like yeah. a period where sometimes you would you would see painted comics with a ink overlay on it you know sort of like a dark knight returns like that process was very much like that um or like any kyle baker comic like dick tracy or justice incorporated anything like that was like little color pencil here or charcoal there but with ink line over it and i i just love that combination so it's a mix of like the flat stuff and that more like hand drawn, hand colored stuff as well. Plus, I mean, I letter my my own stuff, and that's just weird already, uh, or weird to begin with. But I gotta say, it's not that weird in say like the in, indie world in the alternative scene, mm-hmm. yeah, where like cartoonists mm-hmm. just do their own thing anyway. But right. because I'm doing it on like a monthly, you know, adventure comic about revenge and bloodshed, mm-hmm. it's that's that's kind of like. It's, it's an oddity, really. So it stands sort of in between. You know, yeah. It's really weird for the Wednesday Warriors, but but I don't, you know, art kids like it too because it strikes that chord. So mm-hmm. exactly. I don't know. It's yeah. just all, it's what I like. It's like a, I get to channel all this stuff, all the extremes, you know, yeah. that really interest me, whether it be manga or European comics or old comics or even new comics that still inspire mm-hmm. me. So, which is yeah. like, you know, it's a feat in itself, like trying to uh, remain inspired. You know, you don't want to oh, burn yeah. out doing this stuff. You want to still be excited when new books come in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you two know know that feeling, you know, where sometimes uh-huh. it could be a little bit too much. Maybe I don't, you know, yeah. I yeah. used to work at a comic book store, so I know that feeling. 
Yeah. Um, so that's that's the thing. I just try to surround myself with stuff that excites me uh, oh, yeah. to sort of like, you know, to just to make this train go. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, especially these days. I don't know if you've looked at a previews catalog recently, but Ooh. I swear it gets bigger every month. And you're like, it can't possibly be any bigger. Oh, my God, it's 900 pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't miss that. I don't envy that. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get gems, you know, like your book. Yeah. Um, and Aww. like I can't think of any other books that came out this week. <laughs> um, but we had yours. So that <laughs> yeah, was good. A bunch of good stuff. <laughs> Yay. Something strange over East Berlin. That weird uh, alien one was good. <laughs> That's fucking solid. I just read it this afternoon. <laughs> how do you, you know, we're talking about you, you sort of being like a one man operation and writing. Uh, drawing, coloring, lettering, like how the fuck do you do that, man? And stay on schedule. Like what's a sort of a, do you have any like time management tricks that you use? Or like, what does an average day look like to you when you're uh, working on an issue and you're on deadline? Like how do you manage to get it all done by yourself, like in time? Uh, An average day is like constant. It's just constant. Mm. And I've been learning how to take breaks and try to like pace myself. Uh, But really it's just about breaking down each, each job per week, mm-hmm. you know, or per couple of weeks, you know, get the writing done and get the writing done and completed in X amount of time and then penciling, then inking and lettering. Mm-hmm. And, and I just keep editing every step of the way. So that's how I go through my drafts. You know, I don't work from a first draft. It goes through mm-hmm. several stages. Um, and really that's just it, just sticking to a schedule. And if, if you mess up, if you slow down, just allow yourself the, the, the wiggle room to kind of work out of it. Uh, but that's pretty much it because, yeah, like I mentioned, I don't have an editor. I don't have a staff. I don't have uh, anyone kind of looking over me. I have to kind of be in charge of that myself. So I Damn. teach myself how to do that, you know, because essentially this was the big step from comics being a side gig to being my sole gig. So mm-hmm. right. if you treat it like a job and it's no longer like a vanity project or a passion project you have to do it. You have to show up. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to your other day job or doing comics, the comic you've always wanted yeah. to do. So it, that's kind of like the perfect motivator. Um, and that's pretty much it really. And then that that's the thing. This is, this, this is a job, but it's also my passing project. It all, you know what I mean? So there's that mm-hmm. balance for this project. You know, I've had other jobs where it's just a straight up gig, but mm-hmm. this has both. I have to treat it. And respect it as if it were a job, but also it's mm-hmm. it's mine. You know, I got to take like, really good care of it. So, but I can't be precious about it. You know, I can't be uh, too slow about it. I just have to attack it. I have to respect that schedule. So that's that's all it takes, really. Yeah, I can't imagine like not. I'm. I also just started writing recently um, with another comic writer, and I can't imagine like not like we like you know edit each other basically. Mm. But I can't imagine not having that because I would never get anything done. <laughs> but I also work two other jobs too. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's what I was sort of followed by that. Like, when and how did you make the jump from comics as your side gig and like a day job during the day to like comics full time? Like, when did that happen? And like, how did you manage that? <laughs> any tips for aspiring uh, creators out there? Yeah. Well, honestly, it was it was crunching numbers. It was when I was self-publishing a thing here or there, you know, the Zegas issues. Once in a while, I figured, well, if I could do this um, every month, if I could do, say, a 16-page comic every month, I would have to do something that 
people are going to pick up every month. Mm-hmm. So it had to be a larger story because I don't want to reinvent the wheel every single month. So I would have to tell a longer story and break it up into chunks, which was a dynamic I was familiar with because I grew up reading superhero comics, you know, and it was something that I hadn't done up to that point professionally. I hadn't worked on superhero comics really. Uh, so that was creatively, that was the risk. I wasn't sure how I was going to be accepted, but I mean, that, that plays an important role in taking that step of, okay, I'm going to plunk money down to publish mm-hmm. this thing that may or may not sell, but it, that's the risk. Like I got to do it. I got to try it. And I'm like, okay, well, and then in those steps, I kind of developed, uh, well, maybe 16 pages is not enough for five bucks, which is what I was selling the issue for. Like five Mm -hmm. bucks cover price back in 2012 was a lot, right? So I'm like, okay, I should do 24. Could I humanly do 24 pages a month plus cover? Um, And really, I just had to go for it. And it was scary and weird, but I just had to do it and test Mm -hmm. myself. And I figured, well, I'll do it for a year. And if I flop, at least I have 12 cool comics, you know, that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> and who knows, it might have not gotten past the second issue, you know, but luckily just word of mouth and no real marketing muscle is just people and friends like spreading the word mm-hmm. helped me have to go back to press on the first issue in the middle of working on the second issue. And so that grew and it's been growing organically since, but yeah. that, but it, but that's what it took, like that that jump where it's like, okay, could I afford to print an issue? And if I sell through, if I sell all of it, is that mm-hmm. enough to pay my rent and print for the next issue? Yeah. Right. So that was tough, and it was when it was a it, that was that's why it was a risk because I wasn't sure if it was going to sell. But really, it just took a little bit of math, and uh, mm-hmm. the the print run was low enough where I could I could handle it. You know, I don't know if I could have handled something anything more than 400 copies mm-hmm. which was what the first issue went for yeah so it was just kind of a do or die and you did say math not meth right doing math for 24 <laughs> hours straight figuring out Get that a budget. lot of comics done on all that meth <laughs> meth might help right now yeah, right. <laughs> the old Frank Miller plan. <laughs> wow. There you go. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. He didn't do that. That means that was coke. Okay, a lot okay. of coke. Yeah. Classy yeah. mess. Yeah. Cool <laughs> mess. <laughs> Sunglasses mess. Uh, he is my biggest influence, exactly so that checks out. <laughs> That's what. Uh, never mind. I'll stop. stop yeah, not a, not a no, bad way. Lean like, into it. Lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah, doing cocaine all the time isn't necessarily bad. Like so, a lot of cool people do cocaine all I mean, the time. That's true. Some of my favorite musicians <laughs> always coked up. Artists too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's all right. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so you know, you also have done a, a few works in Marvel as well. Um, Will you eventually cross over? You think? Uh, have you ever gotten that DC call yet, or what do you think? Who knows? <laughs> we have to ask. I've, Who I've, knows? Listen, I've talked to DC a bunch, but it's been uh, a decade-long flirt. Mm-hmm. It's nothing has happened. <laughs> nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah, that was Black Label. Yeah, they have. Seems that. like that'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, the yeah. perfect fit. Uh, 
every other year there's something that I'd be perfect for, but either uh, I'm too busy doing something or they change editorial halfway through, but some, some right. happens, you know, there's always something yeah. behind the scenes. Uh, but luckily I got to work with every other company around, you know, uh, Marvel, yeah. IBW, uh, everyone, Fanagraphics, you know, um, yeah. And image too, and which is why I felt comfortable taking Copra to image because I already had a relationship with them that went back right. years or many years. Um, so that was sort of like the perfect place for Copra, I thought. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd Definitely. love to work on other stuff, but right now it's like I just want to, because of that break that I took right now, mm-hmm. all I want to think about is Copra. It, that is like, right. why did I ever leave you? Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Me? I mean, you cr- you already have kind of your Suicide Squad comic anyway. So like, why mm-hmm. would you really have to write Suicide Squad at this point? Not that you wouldn't want to, but also <laughs> right. money. I don't know, but. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'd be, yeah, I'd be covering myself essentially, which is weird. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I could think of something. <laughs> I could always think of something. I always try to like uh, think of the property that I'm working on and try to give it my best while honoring its history and its potential so i mean if you if, if i work on suicide squad for dc proper it'd be uh, a different monster altogether i wouldn't just rehash some old stuff or anything or do yeah, what's yeah. expected you know i always want to do yeah. something a little less a little different something that's a little off um and you know hopefully exciting uh, at least for oh, me yeah. just to be entertained but we'll see we'll see what dc says what characters would you bring back just like off the top of your head like who would you bring uh, from Suicide Suicide Squad specifically, yeah, yeah, just like immediately off the top of your head. Oh man, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. the first. Yeah. That'd be the first. In his old costume too. Oh, of right? course, with that blue blouse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, that little that cap blouse. he's got now. No, no, no. I, I'm yeah. giving him the blouse, <laughs> the scarf, the little hat, everything. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I dig that totally. <laughs> uh, I dig all the old school dudes, the bronze tiger without the tiger mask on. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, punch. I think you have to bring Punch back oh, because, like, punch no one. And Julie, yeah, I love. <laughs> yeah, I love, I, I love all of them so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing now, uh, uh, Manhunter. Like oh my God! Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know what what the status is with most of these characters in a post fifty two post rebirth. Uh, world like i know some of them are back but i'm not quite sure what their status is like i know boomerang's back but i don't don't think it's not the original boomerang yeah right yeah i don't know i think they're just no yeah i think i I think it's the same guy i think it's just he looks all like you know younger up now younger (laughs) and sexier (laughs) yeah he's not but like I don't know. I, I, there's always some way you could like time warp them or yeah. do something, right? You can. There's always a way to explain it. I mean, Hickman just basically rewrote the entire X Men and explained everything in like perfect order. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's always some way you can do it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, now you're giving me all these ideas. Now I can't let it go. Perfect. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about the Suicide Squad films? <laughs> or one existing and one upcoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it was it was okay. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going into it expecting to love it or anything. But as far mm-hmm. as those kind of movies go, it was fine. It served its purpose. It was just entertaining, right? 
But I got to mm-hmm. say the single most important thing to come out of that movie, the first one, was that it got John Ostrander back on everyone's mind, right? All those right. books got back yeah. into print, which previously were not. Uh, and people were, were rediscovering or discovering uh, those those bodies of work, you know, uh, yeah. which John Ostrander wrote with his late wife, Kim Yale, artist Luke McDonald, and a slew of other artists. But those are important works i think i mean not because i just love them personally but they're good comics Mm -hmm. and they're they propelled this new juggernaut you know the movie you know even though really it's also based on the new 52 suicide squad really you know with the whole harley quinn angle on it i get it Mm -hmm. but really like the heart of suicide squad are those comics and the fact that they're back in print we have that movie to thank so about the new one i don't know i hope it's good I, mean, I don't yeah. wish it ill. I don't want it to tank. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure it'll be good from, you know, yeah. from everything we could tell up to this point. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah, I did hear James Gunn was looking more at the John Ostrander's mm, like interesting. comics. I heard that. So maybe, and like, it looks, it's funny because they're still not revealing like all of what, like they revealed the cast, but they didn't reveal who everyone's playing yet. So he's being like very hush hush on who the cast is, but you know he really likes taking like weird uh, members, like kind of like guardians and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of the old, like very strange characters in the upcoming one. So we shall see. Well, I got to say, James called me up a couple months ago asking for my advice, and I'm like, I can't help you out, man. I got my own <laughs> comic to do. You got to have to you figure it out. They're paying you big bucks to figure this out, but let's see what yeah. he does, man. All right. Come on, Jimmy. You're on your own, buddy. Are you going to be on the set and everything? (laughs) And the director's chair? I don't know. Maybe if I finish uh, issue five on time or something. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) That'd be awesome. What about this? Speaking of movies, uh, if they were to make uh, a Copra movie, uh, Copra, sorry. <laughs> See, I've been saying it right in my head the whole time. And then I just fucked it up. Just damn. All right. Well, if they were to make a Copra movie, who would your like dream castings be? Like, do you have any actors in mind for Ooh, these we're playing you Wizard, created? Wizard Magazine game. That's my yeah, favorite cool game. voices. I think oh, Michael I J. White has Manhead. I love that game. I would, I would, man, but I, I suck at actors' names and stuff. <laughs> I would play, uh, I would have, um, I would ideally like Grace Jones to play Gracie, obviously. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even now, to even today, she to could still kick ass. She yeah. looks she still great. Looks good. She, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who great. would yeah. also be good? Uh, well, in a few years, would be uh, uh, David Bowie's daughter. Have you seen her? She's amazing. Oh, no. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her, sure. Yeah. Well, cause she said she's like a teenager, right? Like a ma- teenage model mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. like him and mom had obviously the most beautiful daughter on the planet. She's just starting to act too, I hear. So she would be amazing. Nice. Yeah. Oh, just uh, shave her choice. head, shave her head and yep. have some Keith Haring patterns on her body and we're mm-hmm. yep. good to go. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's, I forget the name of this actor, but one of the bad guys in RoboCop, the guy with the glasses and the, he's balding. He yes. was the dad in that 70s show. Who was that yep, guy? Yep. Red. That guy was, first name that, guy would be boomerang. that guy would be Ooh, my Captain nice. Boomerang. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I modeled him after. I modeled my boomer after him. So 
I should oh, know his nice. name, but again, I'm terrible at actors' names. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ed Harris. No, that's somebody else. That's not wrong one. <laughs> All those guys look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Ed Harris. I'll yeah, Ed Harris would be perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got. What about like what about Goosey? Goosey was that right? I uh, Gu- yeah, the green-haired one. Yeah, Guthy. I call yeah. it Guthy. Mm-hmm. Guthy. You could call it Goosey. It's cool. Goosey. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would. I would look for some uh, MMA fighters. For sure. Ooh, yeah. Maybe I don't, a, I don't know Charlie any Charlie Charlie in that world, but I like Charlie Theron too. I think she always plays a good badass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, the, maybe the lady that plays the human Terminator in the new Terminator that's coming out. I watched oh. the trailer for that like four times yesterday. Yeah, I cannot but, wait to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's gonna be tight. I'm so excited. It's probably gonna no, let me down. Well, I haven't watched it. You haven't watched the, the trailer. trailer looks awesome. I haven't seen. Well, the, I haven't watched the trailer. Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. it was like my idol when in the '90s, so I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her back on the big She's screen. Back with a, lots of guns. The yeah. new kind of Terminator that's yep. the liquid kind and the solid kind at the same time, and yep. it can turn into two Terminators, which is badass. They're nano machines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nano means small. <laughs> like micro. That's what I know about uh-huh. science. Uh-huh. Nano is smaller than micro. It is, yeah. <laughs> we know science. Oh, you're naturals. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll stop. <laughs> wait, no, no, what about the, uh, let's see, for Lloyd, the, I just need a dude with a little pencil thin mustache. Ooh. Brunette. You know what? Pencil thin mustache. Like, like Salvador Dali? <laughs> no, that's a big whirly thing. Though that would be funny, though. That would be funny. I think Peter Serafinis would be good. Who? He could grow a good mustache. Who? He plays uh, the Tick on the live-action Amazon The Tick. Oh, he was oh, the friend cool. that got turned into a zombie in um, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. The business oh, guy. Yeah. That hated yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's he's a beefy that dude, guy. but yeah, he could work. Yeah, this is, guy's yeah. skinnier. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking the main dude from Goodfellas. What's his name? The actor from Goodfellas. Oh, the main one? Yeah, there were so many. No, the other, Al the Pacino? younger dude. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. This is ridiculous. The younger guy. Not Al Pacino. <laughs> Maybe Al Pacino right with the reverse aging. Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, you're thinking of Joe Pesci. You're thinking no. he would be. I think he would be <laughs> yeah, perfect, you're actually. Me. You're killing me. Just screaming? <laughs> Hold on. Ray Liotta. Oh, there you go. Really yeah. super old now, though. You're yeah. right. And he looked kind of pudgy. I think he's been like, mm-hmm. also cocaine. Well, he quit smoking, though. <laughs> oh, did he quit cocaine, He quit too? smoking with Chantix. <laughs> I've seen a commercial for The drug that drives you insane. Yeah. But you stop smoking, at least. <laughs> is there a duck in that commercial? There might be. Oh, is, yeah. that, is that the ad? This is Ray Liotta hallucinating from the Chantix. <laughs> but at least he's not smoking. <laughs> There's a duck that tells him to kill, but man, you know, he's not smoking anymore. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. What about Rax? Oh, man. I haven't even thought of that <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Just, uh... um, Anthony Kiedis. Ooh, Ooh, nice. I like that. Can he act? Yeah, he was in Point Break. Sure. Yeah, he was in the yeah. best movie ever, Point <laughs> he Break. In the foot. That's right. He Very did. convincingly. Wow. And that was the last time he acted. 
<laughs> I like I like this game. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh uh Chango. Chango? Yeah. Chango. 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 Mm. Chango. It's the first time I've ever said it out loud. Uh let's oh see. Yeah. <laughs> see, this makes it even more fun. I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got I, I to go. The thing is, I got to go through like a list of movies, like just headshots. Like a, mm-hmm. like it's a, like that like, says Knuckles of Glory. Yes. Uh, where's Tango ass. from? He's American. He's American. He's American. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's got like a buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got uh, Wesley Snipes haircut from Demolition Man. I oh, yeah. sweet. That's where that's from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, we remember that movie, Taco Bell. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> it's the first thing I remember about that movie. Oh, is that Demolition Man? I thought oh. that was Judge Dredd for some reason, but I think you're right. I think you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, it's Taco Bell. They and then they also have the sex helmets. Those are fun. Yeah, well, yeah, because basically the same cast for both movies for Demolition Man was, and yeah. First Judge well, that's Dredd. Why? Isn't in Judge Dredd, though. That's true. That's why it wasn't as good. Yeah, no snipes. Yeah, I got rules. And Sandra Bullock. Well, she was in both, wasn't she? Is she? No, she's not. Is she not the the no. judge, uh, whatever, Judge Anderson and no. Judge Ed? Who's in that? I don't know. Some other brown-haired lady. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> brown-haired white lady. <laughs> like I said, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. We can think more upon our acting choices another day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we uh, will have taken up. Yeah. Listeners, weigh in. Let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet totally. at us. Oh yeah, uh, what is yeah? The put you know, do your you tweet yourself or Instagram yourself. I'm saying yeah. wrong words. <laughs> what is Where, your what handle? are your socials? Oh, what are your I'm, socials? I'm on every. I'm on everything. On on Twitter, I'm Michelle Fife. On Instagram, I'm just M Fife. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm and that's it actually. Uh, but okay. I should be able. I also have a website. Those? Just go to michellefifa.com. I have updates and art and links and essays and everything there. And I also have a Patreon as well, where I do even more essays and rare art and sneak peeks and web comics and stuff. I just really geek out there. I figured that's the one corner where I could really let it all hang out. So yeah. check me out on all those places. Yeah. You know, I obviously I, love, yeah, I just love talking about old comics, new comics, comics in general, the art form, the business, the history. Uh, the the future it's all interesting to me so i'm into it reach out yeah go go support that absolutely buy patreon also buy our patreon yeah do both both. sweet uh and then pick up copra volumes one through five available Mm -hmm. now from image comics and copra number one yeah also available from image comics hooray and thank you so much for being on the show today we super appreciate it yeah thanks man that was super fun thank you and yeah thank you (laughs) sorry for all the technical difficulties (laughs) we gotta figure it out now it ain't nothing all right we got through it we did it (laughs) all right thanks guys for listening we'll talk to you next week (laughs) 